Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, a very special bonus edition. That's right, Drew. This is our third episode of the week. I uploaded my UFC recap on, well, you uploaded it. We had it up on Sunday, episode 10, biggest and best episode yet. And now here we are, Thursday, our Bucks bonus edition. Drew, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday night as we're recording? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to talk some Bucks. I'm glad they got the three seed. Might not be the two, but oh well. And we have a very special guest to talk about Bucks with. Oh boy, do we ever. This man, I am told, is going to be the future president of FBLA. This man is a state champion for cross country. And this is a man who has more than 20 times the amount of subscribers on YouTube than we do. But Clay, you have to watch out here, sir, because our YouTube numbers have been through the roof lately. Well, congratulations. I'm happy to see you growing on the platform. I'm sure if I can show you guys out after this episode, we'll see some continued growth. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm excited for this episode. Aren't we all? I mean, even me, who's not the biggest NBA guy, I'm excited for this. I think we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. And let's start in the past, right? I said to both of you, we're going to do a past, present approach to this episode. And there's no better place to start than last year. The stupidest season, in my opinion, for the NBA, where they played all their games and then just stopped for a few months and decided, yeah, we'll come back. We'll play a few games and then we'll get to the playoffs. So that's what they did. And whatever they did it, the Bucks they, they ended with the best league or the best record in the league, but boy, oh boy, in the playoffs, lost four games to one to the Heat. The Heat made it to the finals, right, against the Lakers? Yep. Yeah, but this series was just no good. The Bucks lost 115-104, to 116 to 114, 115-100. to 100. Then they won 118-115, to 115, but then they lost 103-94, to 94, and it has just been a spiral for the Bucks. They've made it to the conference finals against the Raptors the year prior, but even that, I mean, a loss in six games really wasn't too competitive. Even though the Bucks won those first two games, they get reverse swept afterwards. Drew, we'll start with you. What is the problem with the Bucks in the playoffs, just not able to make it to the finals? Well, I think the main issue the past two years, Clay might agree with me on this. Well, the, the media always talks about Giannis and his jumper. And in the playoffs, I mean, you can see the percentages. It, his, his shot percentage from the mid, mid-range game and the three-point game they both drastically go down. Free throws, it goes down. But I don't think necessarily that's like the whole issue. I'm, I'm talking like Eric Bloodsoe the past two postseasons has been horrific. I mean, he's been terrible offensively. I mean, you get defense, you get the defense out of him, but just like he makes so many mistakes on offense, it's not to, it's not worth having. I think we have a guy this year in Drew Holiday that will really correct that. So I'm really excited for this team this year. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Drew. Uh, the past couple of seasons, the Raptors and then the Heat last year were able to build a wall against Giannis and prevent him from getting to the basket. And that's because a lot of the other players on the Bucks couldn't hurt their opponents uh, when shooting from downtown. But this year, the Bucks have acquired Drew Holiday, who's shooting 39% from three, Bobby Portis, who's shooting 47% from three, and Bryn Forbes, who's shooting 45%. And I think that those three acquisitions are going to do a lot to allow the Bucks to be able to really punish teams when they try to build the wall on defense in that way that they did the past two years. So this year, I think that there's a huge chance that the Bucks are really able to capitalize and make the deepest playoff run of this current grouping of seasons under Coach Bud and with Giannis and Chris as the stars. 
yeah, and Coach Bud, we talked about it a few weeks ago. He's on the hot seat kind of here, huh? If the Bucks don't do well, man might not be back. So we're going to have to see what happens there. Bryn Forbes, Clay, a name you mentioned. I, I honestly had never even heard of the dude. And I was looking at his stats and I was like, okay, this guy can go. He's pretty solid. So let's look at some of the stats from the Bucks for the year. Giannis, no surprise here, leading points per game, 28.1 on the season. He's played 61 games out of the year, started each and every one of them. He also averages 11 rebounds a game. This guy's got a double-double on his hands. And Drew Holiday, we talked about it a few weeks ago again on our podcast about how Bucks locked him up. They got him for four more years, I believe it is, but he has been a huge asset to this team, Clay. 6.1 assists per game, 1.6 steals a game, both leaders for the team. Talk about Drew Holiday a bit and what he's been able to do for the squad. The biggest thing that Holiday is going to bring to the Bucks in the playoffs is the ability to capitalize off of Giannis. The first way that that comes is what I talked about a little bit before with his three-point shooting being much higher than Eric Bledsoe ever was during his time with Milwaukee. But in addition to that, he's a much better playmaker and shot creator for himself than Bledsoe ever was. He's going to be able to attack closeouts when Giannis or Chris is able to get him open from the three-point line. And he does a great job of finding open teammates either beyond the three-point line or in the dunker spot once he does get to the rim. So I think that Holiday is going to make the offense much better. But at the same time, he can do a lot of the things that Eric Bledsoe does on the defensive end as well, while also being a bit of an upgrade on defense at the same time. Holiday does a terrific job of stepping up and defending the best player on the other team every night. That is kind of regardless of what type of player that guy may be. You'll see him lock down the best guard on the opposing team. Someone like a Steph Curry or a Damian Lillard is going to really fear playing against Drew. And we saw that with Kyrie Irving just a few weeks ago when the Bucs took on the Nets as Kyrie really struggled to get anything going on the offensive end of the court. Uh, at the same time, Drew can really step it up and defend bigger wings like LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard, as we saw throughout the season. And against the Los Angeles Lakers earlier this year, Drew even stepped up and guarded Anthony Davis, who is one of the best offensive big men in the entire NBA. So that kind of vers- uh, defensive versatility and offensive production is what makes Holiday such an important player to the Bucks' success. And I look forward to seeing how he changes this team's play style come playoff time. Yeah, I think. Drew Holiday, I think he does everything Eric Bloodsoe does, but like five times better. Like, I'll be honest, like just watching him this past year, he's been phenomenal and it's just five times better. Everything passing to yeah, all, all of it. Good, good acquisition for the Bucks. Drew Holiday. I mean, coming in at the right time. I mean, they're going to need him here. Another guy I saw, Elijah Bryant. This dude plays one game and scores 16 points. Like, where did this guy come from? So we actually signed him off of an Israeli team, Maccabi Tel Aviv. It's the same pick, uh, same team that last year lottery pick of the Washington Wizards, Denny Avdia played for. But uh, with Maccabi Tel Aviv, he had a lot of success. He showed that he is playing at an NBA level and was one of the best players in the Israeli league. So the Bucks brought him back. He played in the summer league for Milwaukee a couple summers ago, but now it's his first time getting real NBA experience. And in the last game of the season against the Chicago Bulls, where the Bucks are resting a lot of their usual rotation players, we saw Elijah really step up and have a really impressive game where he was able to knock down some jump shots, get to the rim, play quality defense. So I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm not sure he'll play much in the playoffs this year, but for next season when he is still under contract, I think he's got a chance to maybe crack the rotation and be a contributor for Milwaukee. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I didn't expect a whole lot of minutes from him in the playoffs, but still, that is good to see. 16 points comes in, puts on a show in that last game of the year. Like you said, it's all about rest at this point. You don't want any of your starters getting hurt because someone that went down, Giannis's brother, Thanasis, Drew, did I say that right? Thanasis. Thanasis, close enough, close enough. Thanasis is out and for the next two weeks. So that's kind of a big drop for this Bucks team. Bobby Portis and Chris Middleton are both day-to-day. We thinking they're going to be good to go by the time playoffs are ready? Yeah, right. I'd say most likely yes, yeah. Good signs all around there. And so one other guy I wanted to mention real quick, Brooke Lopez. This guy has played 70 games, and he started each and every one of them. You want to talk about a workhorse and a guy who is putting in the minutes for this team, 12.3 points per game for Brooke, averages five boards a game. I mean, this guy, center, tall, Bucks player, Drew, what do you got to say about Brooke Lopez? Well, I I enjoyed watching Brooke Lopez this past year. I mean, 1.5 blocks per game. He led the team as well. But just watching Brooke from the bubble and this year, and even like I'm going back to like last year, it wasn't really like the same Brooke that we that we saw all the time. And I know Clay did a video about the Brooke Lopez regression, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, a couple yeah. months ago, I talked about Brooke. Yeah. And I watched that video and I, I agree. You made some great points about how really we haven't seen the same Brook even defensively, offensively. He's still, a, he's still a great player. Don't get me wrong. He's still going to be a starter. He's still going to be a valuable player to this team, but we just hopefully like in the playoffs, I hope he steps it up and he like brings that outside stroke. Cause like when they build that wall for Giannis, he's going to need someone to pass out to. And when he's a three point threat, this team is deadly. Yeah, so transitioning a little bit into the upcoming Miami Heat series, I think that Lopez has a chance to really play a huge role for the Bucks and maybe a key determinant in whether or not they win that series. On the defensive end of the court, he's going to be matched up with Bam Adebayo, who's been playing at an all-NBA level for the past two seasons. Lopez did a really nice job in guarding Bam when the Bucks matched up with the Heat last Saturday as he limited Adebayo to just five points on two-for-nine shooting. And at the same time, Bam was matched up against Giannis on offense because teams want to shut Giannis down. So usually they'll put their best defensive big man on the Greek freak. So with that happening, Brooke Lopez was able to have a matchup with Nemanja Bialica, a far smaller player. And Brooke was able to really punish him in the post as Lopez had 18 points on 9 for 10 shooting. and didn't take a single three-pointer, which is a far cry from what we saw from Brooke for well, large portions of the past two years where he's mostly just been shooting from beyond the arc. So if Lopez can play a similar role as a defensive stopper on Bam on defense and someone who can punish switches on offense, I think he's got a chance to really help the Bucks win this Heat series. And he's a big reason why I think that they should be a pretty clear favorite in that series. Yeah, so let's talk about that a bit, moving into the upcoming series with the Heat Saturday. So just two days from now, first game gets underway, Bucks versus Heat. The teams have played three games against each other this year back on December 29th and 30th. They played back-to-back days. The Bucks beat the Heat 144 to 97 in that first game. That one wasn't even close. But then the next day, the Heat get the win, beating the Bucks 119 to 108. And then just a few days ago, the Bucks beat the Heat 122 to 108. So Bucks have the advantage in the regular season, but as we know, the Heat, they were dominant in the playoffs last year, 4-1, to one, winning the series, as we said before. But, Clay, you said you think Bucks shouldn't have a whole lot of problems making it out of this first round? 
I feel pretty confident. Now, as my uh, title in the YouTube verse would indicate, I am a bit of an optimist. My name is the Bucks Believer, and usually I believe in this team more than I think most fans do. But in general, I think that Milwaukee has a great chance to knock off Miami. They have acquired Drew Holiday, who is probably going to be the primary defender on Jimmy Butler for large portions of this series. And I think that Drew's physicality is going to give him the chance to really slow down what Jimmy wants to do on the offensive end of the court. And in addition to that, I think that the Bucks shooting is going to be able to halt that heat wall that they're going to try to build. I also think that on defense, coach Mike Budenholzer is going to step it up and try to switch a little bit more, which is huge when you're playing against a team in Miami that runs a ton of off the ball action for their shooters like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and Goran Dragic. So if the Bucs are able to keep with those guys and prevent them from getting open three pointers, I give the Bucs a really good chance at winning this series. And I think it could actually be over in a fairly short series, maybe think five or so games what do you think drew drew you better say the heat are gonna win because remember everything we predict it never happens well as tyler (laughs) hero always says bucks and six i think i think that's gonna happen i like clay mentioned hey if brooke lopez gets a good matchup in the paint too like we've seen him against the in the raptors series two years ago i mean he had that big series in the post like he was just the dominant force and i think that, hey, if they get the right matchups and if this team, the only thing I'm really worried about this team right now is with their with their defense, which might be a surprise because in past years, we know this team as a great defensive team. It's just like they're, tw- they're they finished 22nd in the league this year in opponent points per game with 114.2, which is very high for a Mike Boonholzer team. So that's my one main concern. But I feel like I have no I have no issue for this team offensively. I just feel like if this team is going to lose. I think it's going to be the defense that's going to let them down, but I don't know. That's my, that's my view. I agree. I don't think the heat are going to take it here to open. I think it'll be bucks in five, six. I don't think it goes seven potentially, but I mean, that just depends if the bucks get off to like a really slow start. I think the bucks have it in the first round. We'll talk more about the playoffs here coming up. But first Drew Skyberg, you sir have some awards you want to give away. We love our awards on this podcast. Yeah, our podcast, we, we always do awards and I have some and I'm going to I'm going to name the nominees and then we're going to talk about who we think should win the award is how this is going to work. And I'm going to start with the best games award. And this award goes out to the, the best game the Bucks played all year. And either it will be an individual. like It's going to go for like one specific game is how it's going to work. Yes. An individual game. So. My first, I have an honorable mention to give out. It's the back-to-back the net, the Milwaukee Bucks played against the Nets on May second and May fourth. They won both those games, and at that time, it was very crucial as they were competing for that second spot. Although they did not get the spot, I added that to the list. And then my then the first nominee is December 29th, twenty ninth, twenty twenty against the Miami Heat. We met Jordan mentioned this game already. It was one hundred and forty four to ninety seven. W against the Heat by the Bucks, and that's the game where they set the three-point record at the time, which was, or at the time, and it was a great game. And then my next one is March seventeenth, twenty twenty-one, versus the Philadelphia seventy sixers, which was a hundred and nine to one hundred five win in overtime. I believe the game was on ESPN. It was a phenomenal game to watch, and I tuned in because they're against the number one seed, and they had a, they brought out a crucial win. And then the final nominee is 
March 22nd, 2021 versus the Indiana Pacers, which was 140 to 113 W. Giannis had a big game that game, and it was just a great offensive showing by the Bucs. Clay, before what do you Clay think about goes, these? Before Clay goes, I wanted to say my games. Okay, hold back, Drew. My favorite games, the best games of the year, March 26th when the Boston Celtics beat the Bucs 122 to 114. Great game. Love the Celtics. And then we got to go back to uh, December 23rd of 2020 when the Celtics win 122 to 121. Those those series, those games really made me smile. Boo! Boo. <laughs> Get out of here with that Celtics fandom. This is Bucks ground right here. Uh, I'm going to ignore what you said, Jordan, and we're going to pretend that didn't happen. Uh, and we're going to go off of what Drew said. I'm going to pick one of his games. And for me, the winner has to be that game but way back in December against the Heat where the Bucks set the NBA record for most three-pointers made in a game. It's just really special to have that kind of historic night. And it felt like the Bucks absolutely could not miss. That was one of Drew Holiday's first huge games as a member of the Bucks, as he made six of his 10 three-pointers in that game. So overall, I think that that was just a great win against the team that beat us in the playoffs the season before. Even if they were without Jimmy Butler, that was a really sweet win. And, you know, hopefully we can see a lot more of that in this year's playoffs. What do you think? What's your pick, Drew? I'm going with with that, too. Let's go. That was the 12-29-20 versus the Heat has won the best game award is what we have decided. Okay. We're going to move on now to the worst games. This game or this award is given out to the, the Bucks game where they played the poorest either defensively, offensively, or just overall. So March 24th when the Bucks beat the Celtics 121 to 119. <laughs> Get out of here with that. <laughs> yeah, we are the Bucks believers here on this podcast. There's only one yes, Bucks sir. believer. Well, I'm a Bucks believer too. So December 27th, 2020. <laughs> first, the New York Knicks, 130 to 110, a disgusting loss at home against the Knicks. And then April 29th, 2021 versus the Houston Rockets, who were, are, were absolutely horrible this year on 143 to 136 L. And when you give up that many points to the Houston Rockets, I mean, that's embarrassing. Yeah, I was going to ask then, how they give up 143 points to the Rockets. Who do the Rockets have? I can answer have? this one. Please do. The Rockets have, have a guy named Kevin Porter Jr. And this season, they traded a second round pick for Kevin Porter Jr. And against the Bucks, KPJ had 50 points 50. and made, I think, nine three-pointers. So, uh, yeah, that's that's how you lose to the Houston Rockets. It was just a that hot was not hand a that game. night. It's all it was. Yeah, three-point shooting yeah. has always killed the Bucks, And just like that, that was one game. And here's another game I'm going to mention. May 10th, 2021 versus the San Antonio Spurs. Clay mentioned this to me as a possible nominee, and I told him he has to wait and see. 146 to 125 L disgusting game. It hurt their chances for that second seed. And it was just, ugh, that was a bad game. Clay, what do you pick? My pick has to be the May 10th game. I think you said it was against the Spurs. It was just such a crucial game in the playoff hunt. The Bucs were coming off of that huge back-to-back in Brooklyn where they won both games. It looked like they were going to have a real chance to secure the two seed after they picked up a win over the Houston Rockets. And then they came out against the Spurs and they absolutely laid an egg. They allowed the Spurs to shoot 17 for 29 from from the three-point line 
which is just really bad. They allowed so many players on San Antonio to really get it going as the Spurs had, I think, six players with 19 or more points. So when you play that kind of defense, it's going to be hard to win. And considering how important of a game that was for Milwaukee, that has to be my pick for the worst game of the year. I think, honestly, for the Bucks, their best games were earlier this month in May when they beat the Nets on the second and the fourth, maybe even by three times the first game, six times the second game. Like, those are huge wins in the month away May when wins really matter. And I mean, like you guys said, this Spurs game, just atrocious, giving up 146 points again. You talked about it, Drew. They give up, what, 112 a game on average or something like that. And here they're giving up 30 more than that. That just can't happen. Yeah, I'm going to pick that too. So we're going to say the Spurs, that five t- that May 10th, 2021 game against the Spurs was the Bucks' worst game of the year. Congratulations. MVP award is the next award we're doing a weird order because I thought this MVP award was a gimme so I kind of just kind of like put it in the middle here our candidates are Giannis Antetokounmpo Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday so Clay who do you think was the MVP of the Bucks this year I think that Mamadi Diakite is actually a really (laughs) strong candidate for this award but in the end I think I'm gonna have to go with the Greek freak. We're going to take Giannis as the team MVP. Uh, actual MVP candidate for the actual award for the whole league. So, yeah, I really don't think this is too debatable. Yeah, and just a quick side question, Clay. I think Jokic is going to win the actual NBA MVP. Do you agree with me on that take? Yeah, I do. Jokic has been oh, terrific. Beautiful. There are, I was going to say, a- there's no chance Giannis wins the actual MVP this year, right? I mean, he's been playing well, but not that that well. No, I yes. think he'll probably finish in the top the top three or four, but no, he, he's not going to win it, unfortunately. Yeah, there's been that big movement for Steph Curry to win MVP, which I just don't see. I mean, his team, they're like they're eighth, they're in the play-in tournament, and I, I mean, he, he's had put up phenomenal numbers this year, don't get me wrong. It's just, Jokic has just been this whole nother level, like for a center, just being able to pass, rebound, shoot, and he's just like led that team. And I, I know they're a three seed, but like he's he was able to lead that team every way. And I just I think he's the clear cut MVP in my opinion. Is he the Luca Garza of the NBA? He's better, sure, <laughs> yeah. far better. Okay, I think now Drew we're Holiday gonna go... though. Wait, wait a second, Drew. Sorry, Drew sorry. Holiday, right? He he's an MVP, but like not in the way Giannis is right. Like the way Drew Holiday was able to step up for this team and play such a crucial role, him and Giannis together, two very good guys. I mean, this team together, they're doing well. Drew Holiday, he's been stepping up big acquisition for the team and they've got him for a few more years. Obviously stats wise doesn't compare anything like Giannis, but in his own way, Drew Holiday can win an, a, a little bit of an MVP award for this team, a participation trophy of sorts. Sure. We'll go with that. And then we have yeah, the next award. Second place votes. The next award here will be the Defensive Player of the Year Award for the Bucks. Our nominees, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Clay, who do you think? I think I'm going to have to go with the guy who's in the top five in the NBA in skills per game. So that's Drew Holiday. Drew and Giannis uh, are both terrific defenders. I think they'll both end up making all defensive teams when the awards come out later this year. But 
I think that what Drew does as an on-ball defender is just a little bit more impactful than what Giannis does as an off-ball defender, that he's able to lock up the best player on the opposing team every night and put a lot of pressure on opposing offenses to not turn the ball over is really key to what the Bucks do defensively. So I'm going to pick Drew Holiday to win this award. I'm going to go Drew Holiday too. I think, like you mentioned, when you can lock up a guy like Anthony Davis as a guard with Drew, as like Drew Holiday, and I think just the skills he brings to the team with quick hands and he's able to d- switch. He's very intelligent defensively. I think I think he's the clear-cut defensive um, MVP for this team. I mean, obviously Giannis can guard all five positions and just this athletic freak of nature. And he's won the Defensive Player of the Year award last year too. But I think this year, I think it's going to go to Drew Holiday. Giannis can do everything besides shoot free throws. I was looking at his stats for that, and those are pretty bad, his free throw percentage. But 100% agree, Drew Holiday gets this award, and I think he might be winning this next one as well. Yeah, Jordan, I would have to agree because of this next award, greatest edition, here are the nominees, Bobby Portis, Drew Holiday, and I even threw a draft pick in there, Jordan Nuora. He should win because he has my name. (laughs) Uh, For me, I think that we might be getting a little repetitive here, but it's got to go to Drew Holiday again. We've already talked about him extensively, so I don't know that there's too much more to say, but the acquisition of Drew has been huge, so I think this award goes to him. I agree. Jordan, do you agree? 100%. Can't say enough good things about the guy and what he's done for the team, and, well, hopefully we don't jinx him, and hopefully he plays well in the playoffs because we certainly need it. We need it, and like we are known for this podcast, we might be the jinx. So hopefully mm-hmm. that's not the case. Hopefully, because Clay's on, we're gonna be fine. So <laughs> not gonna wood the best. Yeah, I don't have player on me. award. This award goes to the player who excelled the most off the bench this season. The nominees: Jordan Nora, Bryn Forbes, Bobby Portis, and Pat Connaughton. Clay, who do you think wins this contested award? I think that you might get a little mad at me for this pick, but I'm actually going to go with Pat Connaughton. I think that what Connaughton has brought to the Bucks this season has gone largely underrated. He has consistently been in the lineup, appearing in 69 of the Bucks games this season. So 69 out of 72, that's second on the team behind only Brooke Lopez. Pat is averaging 6.8 points and 4.8 rebounds while shooting a career high 37.1% from three. He's a great transition player because of his athleticism. He's good defensively. He's not someone who's going to lock up the opposing team's best player, but he's good as a help defender. And he's one of the better rebounders at the guard position in the entire NBA. So I get that this is probably not a real popular pick, but I am going to give it to Pat Connaughton. I'm a big Pat Connaughton fan, so I like that choice. I agree, Clay. I am okay with Pat Connaughton winning this award. I just want to make my argument for my boy Bobby Portis. Just, I, I just want to make this argument for him. He has had a phenomenal year off the bench, in my opinion. And I'm pulling, I got his stats up right now, too. You know, and like you mentioned, he shot 47% from three this season which I thought was phenomenal for a guy or for a guy who came over from the bulls. And I thought, I thought he had a great year with that 11 points a game. Like I said, seven rebounds. He, I thought his impact on the bench was great offensively and like defensively with some of them, some of his great moments he had, but I can see how you 
you guys can make the argument for Pat Connaughton because he's kind of like that glue guy, in my opinion. He, he's kind of the guy that just brings the team together. So I am okay with Pat Connaughton winning this award. I mean, not not a lot. Of, like, Bucks Twitter is not a big fan of him at times for some of his moments, but we can give this to Pat Connaughton. Don't forget about Bryn Forbes either. I mean, I feel this guy guy flies under the radar a little bit. He's played in 70 games, so more than Pat Connaughton even. He's only started 10 oh, of them. Oops. <laughs> so, I mean, you're looking at, yeah, I got you, Clay. I caught you there. I mean, this is a guy who's only started one-seventh of the games. He averages 10 points a game. He's averaging a little more than Pat, but I feel like w- overall well-rounded player, Pat, probably a little better than Bryn Forbes. But still, Bryn Forbes, I mean, not bad at all. I mean, for the record, I do want to say that Bobby and Bryn have both been terrific for the Bucks as well. Uh, I might be a little bit overzealous in my Pat Connaughton fandom, but I think that you could pretty much give this award to any of those three players and be justified in your choice. So maybe we can even give them co-bench player of the year. I don't know if that's against the rules, but I would be fine with that. There are no rules. I agree. I Let's will... do it. <laughs> Let's make it official. The co-bench players of the year. Bryn Forbes, Bobby Portis, and Pat Connaughton. Let's go. Hey, I mean, if we had co-stats of the week the other week on the podcast, we can certainly have more than one award winner here. Okay. I agree, Jordan. Here's the final award. Best rookie. This award goes out to the most outstanding rookie in the Bucks uniform this past season. Here are the nominees. Jordan Nora, Sam Merrill, and Mamadi Diakite, very exciting picks there. Clay, who do you think should win this award? This is kind of a tough award to give out because Merrill and Nora each played 30 games and Diakite played 14. So we're kind of working with a small sample size with these three guys. In the end, I think Sam Merrill will be the best player of these three but when we're only talking about their rookie seasons it's pretty hard not to give this award to Jordan Nora in the time that he's gotten with the Bucks this year he's showed a lot of ability as a pull-up jump shooter he's averaging just 5.7 points but he's shooting really efficiently with a 56.3 effective field goal percentage and he's also averaging those 5.7 points in just 9.1 minutes per game So if he starts to see an increased role in coming seasons, I think that we could see him really break out and prove to be a player kind of similar to what Gary Trent Jr. brings to the Toronto Raptors as a really good jump shooter who has some defensive versatility and can also attack closeouts on offense. So I think this award goes to Jordan Nora for me. When Diakite, you're talking about him here, he averages 10 minutes a game, so just one more. He only averages 3.1 points, so I agree with the Nora decision. I mean, you're talking small forward, power forward, little difference, but still, at the end of the day, I am going Jordan Nora, 100% agree. I think with Nora, I mean, I think the last game against the Bulls, I know, granted, there's a lot of guys sitting out. I think that game really solidified his Jordan and Drew, the sports crew rookie of the year campaign went with a performance like that. So I am happy to name Jordan Nora as the Bucks rookie of the year. Let's do it. 34 points, 34 points and 14 rebounds in that last game. So yeah, he was, he was terrific for the Bucks. So I think that, yeah, he's deserving. And that wraps up the Bucks awards show. So now we're going to preview ne- the playoffs and we're also going to talk about the play in tournament. So 
Jordan, yes. would you like to explain the playing tournament to our audience? I got this. I got this. I spent all day studying, all day preparing, so I can <laughs> try and get this right. All right, okay. So in the playing tournament, which actually started tonight, Tuesday night, as we're recording, the seven seed is playing the eight seed. All right. So the Boston Celtics and the Washington Wizards are going at it. The winner of that game will play the two seed. So the winner of that will play the Brooklyn Nets. The loser of this game goes into game three of the play-in. So, I mean, if you're the Nets, or not the Nets, the Celtics or the Wizards, you got two chances to get into the playoffs. Now, the Indiana Pacers and the Charlotte Hornets are playing in the second play-in game, which actually ended. The Pacers won, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, blew them out. It wasn't even close. The Pacers won that game. So, the Pacers moved to this third play-in game, where by now we'll know if they play the Celtics or the Wizards. Again, whoever loses that game, goes and plays the Pacers. So that is that. And then on the other side, same thing. You got Memphis playing San Antonio. Loser of that is out. Winner faces the loser of the Lakers and the Warriors. I mean, how did I do, guys? I think I did phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, you you did a great job. Uh, it's a little bit confusing to listen to. It's easier if you can look at it on a screen. But in general, I think you did a great job of explaining it. Out of these teams, I think that the most dangerous to go on a long playoff run would be the Wizards. They've been playing some really great basketball over the past couple of weeks. They had, I believe, a nine-game win streak a couple of weeks ago. And with Russell Westbrook playing some of the best basketball of his career recently and Bradley Beal finishing second in the league in points per game, I think that this team could potentially really challenge a team like the Nets or the 76ers in the first round of the playoffs. That game is tied 35-35 as we're speaking, but obviously by now we'll know the end. So that's a close one. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind the the Wizards really upsetting one of those teams because, like, for the Bucks, we'll talk about their opponents because it's gonna be a it could be a tough road in the Eastern Conference. But again, I think they could do it. So they play the Heat the first round. If I'm not mistaken, well, of course they play the Heat the first round. But I'm saying for the next round, if I'm not mistaken, they're gonna end up playing the. Nets, right? Nets. Most likely, Most likely the Nets, yeah. Most likely the Nets. And then it would go Nets to 76ers. So that's a tough road considering they're going to have to play the two and one seed in the next two rounds. Most likely, granted, there's, or unless there's an upset, which again, that would really help the Bucks out in this case. So, Clay, do you think that's going to be the road too? Uh, I think most likely, yeah. I think the Atlanta Hawks are a bit of a sleeper pick. I love what they did this past offseason, acquiring Bogdan Bogdanovich to Danilo Gallinari. But in the end, there's a chance they could lose to the New York Knicks in the first round. And even if they do beat the Knicks, they're going to have a tough challenge in facing Joel Embiid in the 76ers. So most likely, yeah, I think it'll be the Heat, then the Nets, then the Sixers. I mean, the last year, the Heat, they were a very low-seeded team that made it very far. So it's like, who's the Cinderella? Who's going to step up this year in the playoffs? Pending, the Bucks do end up playing the higher seeds. They just had... Two wins over the Nets, like we talked about, my games of the year, best games. So if the Bucs make it past the Heat, which we think they will, I think they got a good chance to make it past the Nets, but we're going to have to see at this point. It's really up in the air because who knows? I mean, you guys are talking high about the Wizards. If the Wizards somehow make it past the Celtics and then beat the Nets, you never know what could happen. Those eight-seeded Wizards could go far. I think the Celtics, as much as I love them without Jalen Brown, that really hurts, and they're just not as great as they have been in past years. Okay, and I also I have a quick side question before we have to let Clay go. Clay, who do you think is coming out of the Western Conference this year? My pick to win the West is the Los Angeles Clippers. 
up until the Donovan Mitchell injury, I really liked the Utah Jazz, but the Clippers at the same time as that injury to Donovan started playing their best basketball of the year. The duo of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard is one of the best in the league, both on offense where they both are capable of creating their own shot at a very high level and on defense where they can guard a variety of players. And so in general, I think they also match up pretty well against the rest of the Western Conference contenders. So for me, my pick to win the West is going to be the Clips. All right. I think that's a fair pick. I don't know. I think, I think they certainly have a shot. I, I, I'm hoping I, I'm a we, I have a weird thing where I want the Suns. I think they should go far. Yes, I, mean, I was going to say that. For Chris Paul, I just think it would be such a great story. I mean, with, isn't his coach Monty Williams? Isn't it the, the same coach he had when he was with New Orleans? I think that'd be, I think that'd be just great if they could make a run in his, for him late in his career. Right now, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I, I did see the Suns in person earlier this year against the Bucks at Pfizer Forum. And overall, I wasn't super impressed. I think that they largely won that game based off of some foul trouble to important Bucks players and some questionable calls down the stretch. But if Phoenix can get hot and their perimeter shooters like Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson are making their three-pointers, I give them a real chance to maybe have a surprise run similar to what the Heat did last season and maybe make it all the way to the NBA Finals. I'm hoping the Suns go far. I mean, anything else we got to say from either of you two or are we ready to wrap this thing up? Let's wrap it up. All right, sounds good to me, Clay. We can't thank you enough for coming on, taking the time out of your busy Tuesday night. I mean, it's late. It's 8.48 as we're recording. It's probably bedtime for one of you two. I know that's what you guys do over at Valders, but... Clay, what's your YouTube? Shout it out. We'll get you some more subscribers. My YouTube is the Bucks Believer. I cover pretty much every game for the Bucks, and I think that I provide some pretty solid in-depth analysis into what the team's trying to do. So if you're a fan of all things Bucks, go ahead and check me out over on YouTube. Yeah, and I think Clay does a great job on his YouTube. I just want to comment on it he goes really like he said he goes really in depth and if like you want to learn if you can't watch the bucks game this is at least personally for me like if i'm busy one night and i can't watch the bucks game the bucks believer is there for me he posts a video right after the game he lets me know how they did um he gives me some of his opinion some things he noticed about the team and it's just i don't know if you can't watch the two hour or so game you got like a 15 minute recap there for you that really breaks down like what happened in the game and it's just it's a it's a great Great channel, so I highly recommend it as well. Can't say enough good things about you, Clay. Thanks for coming on. Hopefully, we'll have you back. I mean, hey, if the Bucks make a deep run, you know we're bringing you back right on, and we can hopefully preview the finals or something. Maybe. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. No, I probably just jinxed it. So, Drew, what's your new Twitter? I know you changed it. Yeah, so my Twitter is just like my snap, Drew Skyberg, all lowercase together, D-R-E-W-S-K-Y-B-E-R-G. Perfect. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jordan Law, J-O-R-D-O-N-L-A-W underscore P-X-P. That wraps it up. A lengthy but good bonus edition of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.